You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, PJ team leader, jujitsu lover, meme enthusiast, and dad joke aficionado, Aaron Love. Welcome back, everybody, with the Ones Ready team here in the tea room. We have a big one for you this week, as always. Here you are. It's me, it's Peaches, it's Brian, and our special guest. We'll get to that in a second. As always, we want to start off at the very first with our gratitude. We just want to say thanks to everybody that follows us on Instagram, engages on the YouTube, checks us out on the Facebook, looks around for uh, wherever it is that we might be on other podcasts and such. We really, really appreciate you guys. We're glad that you're coming on, uh, coming along on this journey towards our end goal, which is getting as many of you into Air Force Special Warfare as we possibly can. So we just always want to start off and say thanks. As always, Always, we have a couple partners that we want to put out there. Again, we're not making any money off of it, but we'd love for you to drop our code at checkout. That code is ones ready for both. And we want you to get a sweet discount and then they'll know that you're supporters of the podcast because we support them too. So the first one, Alpha Brew, you guys know I'm a coffee nerd. I've been talking about this the entire time. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see all of the pour over and special stuff I'm doing. Well, I learned how to be a coffee nerd from Alpha Brew Coffee and Ricky, the owner. So He's a veteran. He's currently working in federal law enforcement. He's an awesome dude. And he just started off uh, his love of coffee, let him to make the best coffee out there on the market. So I know you've heard it before. I know there's a ton of brands out there, but does your coffee have nootropics like alpha brain from on it in it? Well, Ricky's does over at alpha brew coffee. Do you have a CBD coffee? If you're not in the DOD and you're not planning on ever getting in the DOD, try that CBD coffee out. Cause that's awesome too. Everything he has is single sourced, really, really clean. It's delightful. Yeah, it, the caffeine is off the chart, so I only need like one or two cups of it where, you know, three or four cups of everything else. It's amazing. So go try it out, alphabrew.com, and put your code in ones ready at checkout and get a sweet discount. Same thing, you know these luscious locks have to be taken care of. Shout out to one of our new partners, Outer Eggs Pomade. Go check out Outer Eggs Pomade. Uh, for all of their natural hair product, you can look at their sea salt spray, which is dope. You can look at the pipe hitter, which I have in my hair right now and looks great even after a day of training hard or training hard for me, I should say. But uh, once again, one's ready at checkout over there, Outer Eggs Pomade. They're a new, uh, a new partner that came on, so go give them a shout. Veteran uh, and military owned as well. So there you go. So with that out of the way. We are pleased. We are planning something super duper special for you. So we brought on one of the assessment and selection SMEs that we know. This guy is the top of the pops concerning assessment and selection and those attributes that we look for and all of this stuff. We get asked so many things on our DMs and it's always from you guys going, what does leadership look like? What does followership look like? How can I set myself apart for these attributes? Can I train for those attributes? Should I be reading books? All of those questions, we brought on the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Trey Free, the man behind the ITE podcast, YouTube channel, and trying to get that information out there, his dang self. Trey, welcome on. What's up, brother? Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it, buddy. Excited to be here. Yeah, I know it's, uh, I know it's hot out your way, but I'm glad that you could uh, get out of the heat and come hang out with us. So I appreciate you. Yeah, man. My pleasure. I look forward to getting to talk to you and Aaron and Correction, you peaches and uh, Brian, man, you guys are doing some incredible things out there for the community. And uh, man, I've been looking forward to this all day. Excited, buddy. Oh, pump. Yeah, us too, man. So we'll, we'll hop right into it. So you're an, an Air Force Special Tactics alumni yourself. Why don't you walk us through kind of, you know, as much as you want to talk about your, your career history, if you want to talk about where you're stationed deployments and stuff like that, just to let the listeners get to know, uh, you know, you before you started the assessment and selection gig. Yeah, I appreciate it. First thing I need to get out there is these are my views only, so I'm not speaking for my organization. So just covering my butt a little bit there. But um, yeah, I started out in the Marine Corps back in 1989. So I'm a little old, uh, turned 49 this year. So next year I'm going to have a midlife crisis, but we'll get over it. I, I forgot to <laughs> um, say this too. Like you might be, you know how there's the conspiracy theory about Keanu Reeves being immortal? I think yeah. you or Keanu Reeves is a mortal dad. You look the only, <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't age, dude. You don't age at all, man. For a 45, 49 year old man. Holy crap. You're not doing, a wrinkle right there. Let's talk about so your I'll, skincare regimen, homie. What's up? What's that so like? I pulled, my back, I pulled my lower back muscle yesterday. So I'm walking around here. Like my son says, you look like you're 90 right now. So it's funny. Y'all are saying this because if I had to get up right now, you would be laughing. Yeah. I'm to listening to the podcast. <laughs> it would be slow. <laughs> Yeah, so I started out in the Marine Corps. I, I 
was lucky and got selected to go to a reconnaissance um, career field. So I did four years in recon, got to go to Desert Storm there, did to do a lot, but 19 years old, going to Desert Storm, that was kind of cool. Um, got out in 93, stayed out for a year, realized, man, uh, I'm not made to be a civilian anymore. So um, Combat Control was actually actively searching for uh, prior service Marines who already have jump and dive. So, man, they kind of sucked me up into that world. I went through the rest of the pipeline, uh, went up to McCord after I earned my beret, stayed there for two years. Um, man, this is pre 9-11, so we weren't doing much. My days were out at Moses Lake, Washington, clearing aircraft oh, yeah. to drop. And American like, let, yeah, get out there. It's nice. It's nice like, this time man, of year, too. This, this cannot be what I went through all this for. So, um, you know, I'd heard about the 2-4 at the time, now the 7-2-4. Uh, said, heck, let's go try it, see what they have going on. Because, you know, it was really secretive back then, didn't know a lot. But I'm like, heck, man, if you tell me there's somewhere else to go, I'll go. So went and tried out, made it. Spent 11 years up there, was up there, obviously, when 9-11 kicked off. Got a couple of, of cool deployments before 9-11 kicked off. And then once 9-11 kicked off, we were we were busy like well, everybody was, else. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how how different was it? You at McCord, where you're literally on a boat clearing people to drop into the water to 11 years, you know, 10 or 11 years later, whatever that turned out to be, to be, you know, in the thick of it in 2001 at that unit. Like, that that had to be crazy, right? Like, the the switch. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I just got back from a deployment in Bosnia, which was really cool. I'd been home about a month. I was sitting in silver team room and we were just sitting around talking about what we were going to do for the day. And that's when the first plane hit the World Trade Center. Somebody turned it on. And then about three weeks later, we're sitting over there um, starting the war. So really cool experience. So glad I was there at the time. Um, Spent 11 years at the organization. Uh, some of that was, I was five years as an operator, went to our OTC, our operator training course as an instructor, and then ran that for a year. And then moved back over as a team soup and then went to ops. Ops was my death. I was ready to move on. So did something weird. I went to the senior NCO academy and I was an instructor for my last two years in the Air Force. Um, and then went back to the 724 now uh, group to be a civilian assessment selection guy. So um, that's where I've been since 2010, just trying to refine how we find people that fit the culture up there and um, people who can get at it. Man. Yeah. Well, that, well so that, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. You're officially the coolest guest that's ever been. Do you just want to have this podcast now? Because no, I, I doubt that, that is true. I, I listen to every one of y'all's man and uh, y'all have some really good guests on here. I, I didn't know that you went and were an NTOA or an NCO Academy instructor. Yeah, I didn't I didn't put that out there too much, but I will tell <laughs> you, um, you know, after 11 years up there, I needed some stability. And as you know, at the Senior NCO Academy anyway, they, they give you a schedule two years out or a year out. So I know by the day when I can take leave of my family and I lost all my special duty pays, I couldn't wear my beret up there, which was so weird. Um, but I'll tell weird. you what happened. Yeah, it is. I mean, back then too, they were they were preaching joint ops and stuff, but they wouldn't let. If you look different, they wouldn't let you look different. But we want to be a joint ops centered. It was it was strange, but hmm. I had a really good time. There were some really good people working there, and um, I learned how to solve problems a little bit differently. So that's that's the beauty of stepping outside that fence line up there, right? Because you you get used to doing things your own way. Um, you forget what's going out on in the real world. So it was really good to go step outside there. And then when I came back, everything that I had once believed, I was questioning now. And that was the beauty of it. Even our selection process that I'm sure we'll talk about later, um, or just ANS in general is it all changed. Like I was the one running it when I left kind of, and then I came back and like, holy cow, what are we doing? We're doing this wrong. Um, and that kind oh, of wow. started us on our shift mm -hmm. to the uh, characteristics based versus just a kind of skills based. And we see that same transition down at A&S right now at Lackland. Yeah, sometimes it's good to step away and get a little bit of an ejected look and then go right back into it. So that's pretty good. Yeah, 100%, man, 100. So our audience primarily is, you know, candidates that are looking to come in, not necessarily guys that are already active and operating. So this question is based on those guys that are already on a team. How okay. can they best prepare for OTC selection? Do they need to be, you know, hitting, you know, absolutely crushing the standards across the board? Should they just kind of be at the minimums or should they just trust the process that you guys are going to be able to select them where they're at? 
This is the way you phrase that is perfect, man. That was a good <laughs> question. So, um, this is what I tell people now, and this is so different. Even peaches when you came up, brother, this is different now. I wish we had this process when you came up. Um, what they need to do is be really good at the basics. But guess what? I, we have a history of your. If you're a JTAC, you went through the same JTAC upgrade as everybody else, right? So, yep. We can get if you have the quals, like a five level PJ, isn't too different. I mean, don't get me wrong. A, a guy at an ST unit and a guy at a rescue unit. They may be a little bit different, but their five-level process is the same, right? It might take a guy in ST a little bit longer, um, and most PJs understand why. But all that we can, man, we can tweak that in OTC. What we're looking for you to do is come up there, be physically prepared. I think no matter what you're talking about in any assessment and selection, if you're physically prepared, you get bandwidth back as you're going through the process. It's the guys who come up there thinking they can, I don't have to prep that hard. They lose bandwidth, so when it's time to start solving those problems, uh, some of those characteristics that we care about, they don't have bandwidth to apply to those because they're physically spent, right? Um, so read books, that is key. If you go to our website, our sports psychologist has a host of mental performance things that you can do before you come up there. We, we try to make it peaches to where it, there's no guesswork. I guess a good analogy is the NFL combine. Those guys aren't surprised by anything they do at the combine, right? They know what's coming. Prepare for it and show us that you belong, you know, in the NFL and somebody should hire you. So it's kind of our same mantra now is we're going to give you what you need to prepare. Um, just come up. We're going to give you the stage. Just come up and perform. So physical, be ready, and then work on that mental game. And then we're just going to test little things that it's hard to prepare for, your problem-solving ability how well you get along with people, um, all those things that you know. And I'm guessing, like, if I'm you in your mind, you're like, well, heck, I didn't get all that back in 2013 when I came through, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely like you're probably, not, yeah. yeah. Do you so, remember that, or did you go look up my record? <laughs> the, the, I know it was 2000. Remember the year, the day? Fall of 13 or spring of 14? I can't it remember. Was the, which, yeah, I mean, it was the, during the sequester. The, the sequestration. Oh, yeah. So we had no – At the, I was at the web school, and we had nothing going on, so – it was like, well, I'll go give this a shot. I remember so. you more than you think. I told somebody the other day, you were one of my favorite <laughs> dudes that stand out in my head, man. Um, well, I mean, I, it was fun you know. when you came through. Trent is <laughs> yeah, going to be so mad fun. that this is going on, that you guys, yeah. that we have a little bromance going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Trent. He wanted to be on here so bad. So bad. He, we had to respect his uh, his family time, so we didn't we didn't like uh, badger him too much about missing it. But man, he he's going to yeah. listen to this audio and he's just going to edit with a poo poo face on just. <laughs> don't let me forget to give him a shout out too because that dude's awesome man i got to meet him down there he gave us a tour of the prep course and nice. uh that dude was awesome man and i know it was a hard thing to bring in dudes from like the 724 and i'm gonna have to go show them all this stuff at the prep course that everybody gives us grief about because they have float tanks and all this other stuff which i'm like <laughs> this is the best thing i've ever seen this is how it should be man like, thank goodness what, finally what we been doing our whole life what exactly Yep. Yeah. The fact <laughs> that people can't translate setup. into the beauty of that down there is killing me, man. I, like, I'll fight for them down there at every chance I can. Yeah, What absolutely. they're doing down there is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's hard to convey what it looks like just on a podcast or on a video or whatever. Like, when you walk in that building, you're just like, holy crap, this is like a class one setup right here. It's freaking fantastic. Absolutely. I go recruit down there every class before they start ANS and I haven't got to since COVID hit, we're going to start doing it on the internet though, actually. But every time I go down there, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by the product they're putting out. It doesn't always translate to success, but we know it's going to be a high attrition rate. We know that already. Mm -hmm. We just go in there and talk to them the day before. And really I don't talk to them about our unit that much. I, I hope it, I want to put that on the radar, but really we talk about that mental toughness and what it's going to take, what I've seen guys come through our process and be successful um, and how they can apply those same techniques. Don't know if that has an effect on them, but I like to think <laughs> that it does, man, because that's a special place down there. So I want to just go back a little bit to what you said before. I think it's really important to just double tap that thing because you're talking about the attributes of a person and what really makes a person a, a candidate you want to keep around. And it's not the qualifications. It's not the jump master. It's not all those things that you can train up to. We get actually got a couple questions in my inbox right now talking about like, should I do paramedic first? Should I, you know, knock out whatever first before I get into the pipeline? And I think it's really important to say like, 
Hey, train up to the standards that you know so far. You know, it's going to be push ups, sit ups, pull ups, swimming, rucking, all those things. Train up to those. That way, you know, like you said, you have the bandwidth. So we get a lot of guys, you know, that are planners and like to think ahead. And eventually they want to go up to one of the SMUs or one of those places. Yep. And uh, how far ahead would you say that a person should realistically plan? Because, you know, they're thinking 100 meter targets. That's way down the road that they're going to be doing yeah. any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. No. What, what would you tell those guys that are just thinking a little bit too far ahead? And I'm going to sound like a one dirty puppet because I listen to you, you guys all the time and I listen to your fre- frequently asked questions podcast yesterday, actually. But the one meter target is just what you said. If you don't take care of the basics first, um, you're no good to you're not going to make it far in the process. And we know that. So it's the it's the physical readiness as you show up. Yep, there's going to be some more physical readiness, obviously, for the eight weeks during prep. And then as you move over to ANS, but if you come here with that baseline, that physical baseline already, now the bandwidth is open to do other things inside of there. Because at prep, they're teaching you other mindset things as well. But if you are so crushed by the workouts every day, you're missing a lot of those key cues that can help you in ANS. And, um, I, you know, when I get there, it's too late, man. They've already, they are who they are at the end of that eight weeks. And it ain't like, you know. Um, they're not saying, Hey, I can't wait till Mr. Free comes down here so he can like get us through A and S, but somebody does. I'm sure somebody does, Trey. Somebody down there is like, Oh man, if Trey isn't here, I'm not gonna graduate. (laughs) Do you bring (laughs) oranges or donuts or something like that? Oh my god, I went uh, (laughs) oranges like the team mom, like Trey is A and S prep team mom. That's great. I'm not too proud, bro. I will do whatever it takes down there. There was an in doc instructor that used to do that, but won't go there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So no anyway, names. to answer your question in a long winded way, Brian, it's the basics first and it's a one meter target. You make it through, um, you come in, make it through BMT, you make it through prep, you got to make it through ANS or all this is for not anyway. And then it's a one meter target. What's what, what do I have to do today? And then what's coming tomorrow and how can I reflect on what I did today to make tomorrow better? All right. Just to follow up on that. Um, what would you say the biggest mental mistake, you know, people getting flustered, people, um, thinking too far ahead or, you know, not paying attention, attention to detail. What kind of things would you say is the biggest mental mistake that you see candidates make? Yeah. So at our place, and I would, I would bet a paycheck that it's the same down there is they can't get over a perceived failure. Right. So we're going to make people fail at our place because we want to see how you handle it. That's Um, huge. It is. And they, they can't let it go. And so what we tend to see, and I say this publicly because it's not a secret, we want to see you be able to process what just happened, take the positive lessons learned away from it, and then come back tomorrow and apply those lessons without all the mental baggage. Because if you're, if you're um, ruminating on it, you're not going to perform tomorrow like you should. And those are the guys we call it the fatal funnel. They just start circling the drain and can't pull themselves out. And we have, we have personally little things throughout selection where we're going to try to exacerbate that fatal funnel and see who can pull themselves out and who can't. And I would think it's the same down at A&S talking to LaPac and everybody else. Um, you just got guys who just start feeling like I don't have a chance. Um, and I hear you guys talk about all the time about how, um, you know, you can't – quitting is a mindset. It's not a decision, right? The decision is the end of the mindset train. Uh, so I think it's imperative for – whether you're at the baseline or the first ANS or at our ANS is your mindset has to be right. And quitting's never an option. Just isn't. Don't care. Don't care what you're going to do to me today. Doesn't matter. Like I'm going to make it through. You're going to have to kick me out of here. Um, I'm not quitting. And I think that if, if folks could just get to that level, um, they would have so much success and so much positivity as we're moving through these processes and not fear it. That, like you just said, I just want to put this in there real quick. Is what we see after, you know, the traditional indoc, what we used to see after Hell Night, you know, the team coming together. And at that point, realistically, if they want to do the job, they're going to see it to the end. You see the team unity. You see everyone just on the side of the gunnel, like screaming, hoo ya. They're just smoked. You know, they'll go into muscle failures many times. I remember when I was going through, you know, I said that to my buddy. It's like, what are they going to do? Smoke us? We're going to hit muscle failure. It's like, I have two been on know, some terrible teams. Yeah. Trust yeah. me. They can, they can, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have two been on some terrible teams. You know, yeah, one thing so, that we say when people get to our process now, we do an end brief and, you know, at our place, we expect guys have been braywares for a few years already. They have to be. Uh, and the first thing that we say is, hey, not quitting is expected. 
Like you don't get an extra bonus for not quitting. Um, that's expected. We want to see what you have on top of not quitting. And I think that's the mindset, even at the genesis of, man, I'm like, you guys just said, I'm just repeating it is doesn't matter what they do to me today. I just got to make it to the night and then I'm going to get some sleep and I'm going to wake up tomorrow if they give me sleep and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and eat some food if they give me food and then I'm going to go get at it again today. So I love it. I love what y'all are doing because I think folks are getting to understand the mindset a little bit better before they go into the shock of Lackland. And I, I think y'all's podcast really helps out with that. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. And make no mistake, like no matter how good prep is, it's still a shock down there. You're still doing work. Like I've, I've been in yes. the prep spaces. I've seen the programming. I know the coaches. I know the guys that run it. You know, that is, that is no joke. You know, I, I always laugh at our, our dudes in the career field. They're like, oh, what's up on these, on these beds and all this cold, cold water and these float tanks and stuff. There are some people that are super poo-poo because they, they didn't have that. But yeah. Man, when you, when you see that professional organization, like make no mistake, you know those those young men and women are still getting after it. Like they're still going hard in the paint. So it is a shock. And it's in the summertime. If you just go watch them work out in the daytime, because it's all outside, it's all freaking out in the heat, man. It's impressive yep. what those kids are doing. And uh, I just want to comment on something else you said there because I think this is important, especially for all us older hats on here, um, aka peaches. Yeah. I think that <laughs> got um. I think that it's it's hilarious as you grow older in this career field and you see everybody who gets upset that ANS changed or something like that. And all that is is us trying to hold on to, hey, wait a minute, what defined me and what I have pride in now is changing. So if that changes, who am I? Like that's the question they have to ask themselves. Now, if the process changes, well, what does that make me? Then am I not good enough anymore? And that's the wrong question. The question is how do we find the right people and assess them more um, effectively than what happened when we all came through. Cause if you look at when we came through, I get it, man, standards. I've heard y'all say this on a program. So back in the day, if you ran, you know, if the standards 24 minutes for three mile and you ran 2401, then clearly you're never going to be a good operator. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that was we, it. We figured it out. That's yeah, why we, we had that number come together and say that we were a bunch of idiots back then by oh, holding yeah. people to that. Um, <laughs> like we've got problems here. I'm not trying to take away from everybody in the past. We had some great operators, but this new process, the way we're doing this character-based fit process, you bring guys into the organization who are going to be there for the long haul and who wake up every day hungry to keep getting better. And, and I think, you know, the ANS process, man, it just, this just started a year and a half ago, two years ago. So we're not going to see these results for about another four years. So the slow burn is also giving people time to get their arguments in. But once these guys get to the teams and start performing, I think everybody's going to realize how good um, the thing are, what good things they're doing down at Lackland in this process. Yeah. And we'll, yeah. we'll see it soon. That first crop of uh, that first crop of dudes is about to hit the units here pretty soon. From it is. I just did a recruiting brief at CCS um, a couple of weeks ago, and the first guys that I ever briefed down at prep were in there. So they're hitting the they're hitting mm -hmm. the they're going to STTS soon, and they'll be out soon. Well, that's that kind of brings me to another point because you know that they're eventually going to want to come and join the organization where you're at, mm -hmm. and and kind of along those same lines where I was talking about, hey, how how does someone best prep in reality how does someone prep for something that is pretty secret i mean i i don't remember exactly but i'm pretty sure i signed an nda or at least maybe i just i don't talk about it because i respect the process and i don't want to give anything up but yeah. i mean it i know when i was preparing for it it was like I, i'm just gonna keep kind of doing what i'm doing increase the volume a bit but yeah there are definitely things that I'd wish I had trained on. Yeah. And so those years, Peaches, as you guys came through, um, and that's just me growing in the psych docs. We have some fabulous psych docs there now from our sports psych to our two op psychs. All of us just figuring out that what are we, if we want to bring people up here that fit our culture, let's go ahead and reveal to them what they're going to do when they get up here. Like I said earlier, and we're just going to give you a stage. So back then when you came through, man, I was still in the, oh, it's got to be secret. I'm not going to give you any information. And you just grow out of that and like, what are we doing, man? Like, really, what are we doing? Um, so really, if you go to our website, we have almost everything laid out on there now. If you listen to the podcast, you'll hear operators who just came through, revealed it. And we talk about it. We talk about Xfil. We talk about um, Land Nav. We talk about everything that they went through. And just because I want it to be out there so guys come up here and prep. Because honestly, Peaches, then there's no excuse when you come up here. If you mm -hmm. perform well, man, that's because hopefully we prepped you a little bit. And if you don't perform well, it's probably because you didn't put in the work that you should have when you came up. 
Because you knew and, uh, what you were supposed to do. Yeah. You, Tells we, a lot about your character right there. Absolutely. We're giving yeah. you the outline, man. So now there's no more secrets of, well, I didn't know what to prepare, prepare uh, sorry, prepare for. Um, yeah, I think, I think we're going down the right road. Again, it's a slow burn. We'll see in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. You got to give it some time. You got to mm-hmm. give it some time and see if it works. So, man, let's get to the meat and potatoes of it, right? So some of these, some of the questions that we get, we get a lot of questions. Some of them are really good. Like some of the DMs that we get, I'll, they're really like thought provoking. Be like, oh, I've, I've never heard that one. Some of them, we respond back. We're like, hey, we've done like three podcasts on this one. Do you just want to go check the, check the page out? Want to go see <laughs> yeah. that one? Like there's a million Reddit boards, right? Well, this is one of the ones that's, it's uh, really, really good. And uh, we wanted to talk to you about it. It's one of the reasons we had you on. So we want to talk about those attributes, those things that the cadre at assessment and selection are looking for, the stuff that, that you know intimately, you know, can, can you just lay out, you don't have to like list them one to nine or one to 10, you know, specifically yep. what you're looking for, but man, tell us what are those, at, those attributes that the cadre are looking for? And then I've got some follow on questions after that. Yep. So there's only five. So I'm going to label them real quick because I wrote them down because I knew we were going to go there today. So Ooh. problem solving. I hear <laughs> y'all right. talk about this. On Get a lot your of pen podcasts. and paper out, folks. <laughs> yeah. Something <laughs> to write out, something I'm to write with. start writing right now. I know. Yeah. Dang, <laughs> who got a whiteboard? <laughs> Here's the magic too, right? So Rand, the corporation, the uh, research agency is in the, we're at the ending stage of our um, job analysis right now, but they're doing it for all special warfare. So these same traits are down at special warfare as well. Now they're going to weight them a little bit differently, right? When you're at the end of the whip, us, we're going to rate like problem solving a little bit higher than maybe um, special warfare uh, ANS does because they care about things like drive and initiative and they care about physical attributes. Um, But here's the five that we care about right now, problem solving. So can you be handed a whole bunch of pieces and develop a solution to that? something that maybe you haven't done before, but you can take things from your past and make a solution out of this problem. Drive or motivation, however you want to say it, we call it drive, like huge. Um, Are you going to wake up every day hungry? Are you going to be the guy who made it through OTC and then slough off and don't go to the gym anymore? And because we see that, we see that out in the career field anyway, right? The guys who get their Mm -hmm. berets and then you don't see them in the gym uh, for about seven or eight years. Um, and they look like it. <laughs> Seven or eight, yeah. <laughs> and they look like it. <laughs> uh, stress tolerance. Stress tolerance. If you can't perform under stress, and here's what we know. When, we, when people get put under stress, some of their bandwidth is reduced. So we need to see people be able to um, combat that a little bit and get some of that bandwidth back so they can do things like problem solve. Because to us, it all comes back to problem solving. What we hire people to do for the nation is to solve problems. So all of these things give bandwidth back to that problem solving. Interpersonal effectiveness. This is my favorite. Um, if you, so the way that we used to do this, and the way that even Lackland did this when y'all went through um, ANS, is uh, peers really didn't get a big vote. And even if they did get a vote, mm-hmm. the cadre, aka me, really didn't care because I'm the magic guy. Like I'm the guy with a beret on clearly i know what's yeah. right and y'all don't know what's right obviously well, res- yeah well research has proven that is uh de- they have debunked that pretty well um so interpersonal effectiveness how long how well do you get along with people um especially when cadre aren't around because we mm-hmm. all know when cadre are around everybody gets along really good with each other when the, it's cadre the worst go- it is it's so the, the worst when the cadre go away how are you treating everybody else around you? How are you treating support folks? Um, I heard somebody on y'all's podcast today when I was listening to talking about um, you can measure a man or a woman now uh, on how they treat people who don't wear the same color beret as they do or don't wear a beret at all. So absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's important to us too. And then communication. If, if you can't get your point across when it's time to go brief, a brief a mission or a ground force commander um, that we need to do this instead of this, uh, you're a, you're a risk to the organization. We're probably not going to bring you. So um, now communication down at the SW level down at Lackland, that's totally different. We got time to work on you there. Um, so you can guarantee they're probably not going to touch that one as much as we do. But once you come up to our level, you got to come off OTC and, and be able to go convince somebody something. And that takes good communication skills and understanding what they're going through and what you're going through and be able to close that gap to get what you need out of them. So those are yeah. the five that we look for. Well, that's awesome. And and for everybody to keep in mind, you know, what Trey's talking about here, kind of how we put the the different emphasis on on the different traits that we look for at these different selections. It's the buy versus the build model, right? 100%. Like at Trey's, at Trey's organization, they're buying, you know, that that product is already formed. 
at ANS down at Lackland at the, at the very, very beginning, we're taking those raw materials and, and we're building that up, right? So it, you put different focus areas and it's, it's time to assess things differently. So man, thanks for, for laying that out. It was amazing. There's a lot of things in there that I think, you know, in my head, you know, step one is, you know, if I, if I feel like I'm weak in these areas, I want to be able to work on it and, and train it. I think I heard a couple of those attributes in there that you can actually like train to get yourself a little bit better on. So for, you know, maybe problem solving or communication, like what is the number one attribute you think that, that people could improve? They just don't know that they can work on it beforehand. Yeah. Uh, so at a foundational level, your drive, your motivation every day, like you can fix that. Um, it takes discipline, which is a choice. And again, it's a mindset. Um, it's getting out of bed when it's cold and you don't feel like working out. It's all those little things. And the beautiful thing is nobody can make you work on that but you. Because once you come up to a process, we're going to tell you what to do. And you'll do it then. What we care about is what do you do when nobody's telling you what to do? Uh, can you still hold the standard and hold the line? That's what means everything to all of us in these career fields. So um, I tell LaPaca and those guys all the time, and he knows. Like I don't tell him. He tells me. But um, the important piece is finding dudes who are motivated intrinsically to get up every day and be better. And if you're, you're at a great starting point if you get there. Problem solving, I just think people should read. Man, if I'd have read more books um, when I was – younger, uh, my ability to problem solve would have been so much better. Thank God they weren't assessing for what they're assessing for now when I came through because uh, Trey would not have been at the organization, I promise. I say, I say the same thing oftentimes. Like, I'm, I'm glad I was already a PJ before they made this change because, boy, I'd, I'd be in some trouble. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. So, interpersonal effectiveness, I'll just stop there, Aaron. Interpersonal effectiveness is just get feedback on how you treat people. Get more self-aware on how you treat people um, because you might be a douche and you don't know it, but somebody around you will tell you eventually. They won't unless you ask usually though, right? So just get some feedback from the people around you of um, what's your perception of me and and then you can change from there. We are so malleable when it comes to all of these traits except for like intelligence. Intelligence we know is kind of hard baked into people, um, but man, if you read and Here's what I tell people about the intelligence piece. If you're on the lower end of intelligence, if you can gain some bandwidth back by being in shape, by not being stressed and all these other things, you can increase how smart you are on the objective and when in you're the solving moment. problems. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Over, over some people that are really smart that are stressed out, um, yep. man, you can beat them because you have more bandwidth than they do to solve that problem. And not just that. Absolutely. That- being having that, uh, you know, more bandwidth will help enable you to react differently to situations instead of freaking out or getting amped. The guys, when they're looking at you, they they want you to have an even keel. They want a consistent reaction, not somebody who's flying yes. off the handle or gets pissed off or anything like that. So, by not being stressed due to the physicality of it you are able or you should be able to maintain that calm demeanor in a, in a sticky situation. So again, that goes back. You're, I mean, you're touching on um, stress tolerance and our personal effectiveness right there and communication, because if I, my bandwidth isn't absorbed, I can communicate better. I can, um, you know, with my peers around me, uh, it's just going to feed in on itself, especially down at Lackland uh, through ANS. Um, man, peers weigh a lot down there. So you can't play a game for the eight weeks that you're there, I promise. People go down there and try to play a role, man, it's not going to work. They're going to figure out who you are really quickly. Uh, so all these things, and I like Aaron asked the question, all these things you can start working on before you get there. Um, just understanding who you are before you get to Lackland would be a huge benefit for some folks. Yeah. Just even knowing your why, like, okay, this is, I'm set in this course and here's what I want to do. That, that has to be huge. So even if it's outside of those five attributes that we kind of just talked about and touched on, is there one thing that's a showstopper that you look at a candidate and you're like, nope, you're out. I can tell right now. Um, that's such a good question. My answer is no, but um, don't get me wrong, dude. We fight our gut reactions and feelings and biases all the time guys mm-hmm. will show up and i'm like oh boy this is gonna be rough <laughs> oh man everybody every single instructor since the history of time has had that one student that is doing just fine but you just hate him you're yeah, just like yeah. I, I don't know what it is about you <laughs> i hate your face, face. Let's be honest. It's- yeah, it's his face <laughs> <laughs> it is. For sure. You can't explain it and it's a bias that's just there and, and 
my my good friend Eric used to laugh at me. So he was the DO and I was his op soup. And he would look at me and he'd be like, Oh, yeah, that guy, that's your horse. You love him. He's your friend. And then he would just <laughs> he would play that for the entire time. I'd be like, Oh yeah. We and do. then like it would pick up steam and the other instructors would be like, Hey, everybody Aaron's horse is gonna graduate because listen to how how mediocre he did today, but just above the standard. And yeah, it would just exactly. infuriate me. And I just want to give everybody the calm feeling that the the um, the processes we have are so professional, though. Like we overcome that, but it's fun on the backside. It's fun, man. We're always like, "That's your boy, right there, right?" If somebody's doing mm-hmm. bad, you knew he's going to do bad. But ultimately, I don't think there's one red line other than something um, immoral and ethical that's in their background, right? If we find that out. Sure. But other than that, we don't we don't get rid of people. There are no like if you don't do this, you're going to be gone um, before the end of phase two or something. We want everybody to go through. Uh, because that way, at the end, when you leave, we can give you a full snapshot of you. My job there, Aaron, is to, um, I just run the process. I try to create a climate and an environment for the guys to come and just get enthralled in so we can see who they really are. And then at the end, I'm going to give you feedback. Me and one of the site operational sites are going to give you feedback on who you are. So if we don't pick you up or whether we do pick you up, we want you to leave there better. So all the two series squadrons and rescue units can get somebody even better back to them after they leave the process. So Mm-hmm. Ultimately, everybody's going to go through unless they self-eliminate. Got it. Yeah. Well, that, that, you guys, I think that freaks a lot of people out. Like, oh, well, you got to have a red line, but we don't, man. We don't have any red lines. I want to see you go all the way through. We all do. Okay. Yeah. That's, awesome. the, the red line thing is just a legacy thing 100%. That, that we have. Nah. 100%. So, it makes everybody feel good, and you don't have to yeah. think. If, I don't have to think if you don't run. You know, if you're one second over, I don't have to make a decision there. That was your fault. I would rather our guys have to make a decision. I want it to be hard. I want it to, for our operators who are watching the process, to have to get together and talk deep about a guy because, A, they're growing from it, and our process grows from it to have those conversations, not just the, nope, he was one second over, man. He's never going to be a good operator up here. Yep. Well, I mean, you guys are looking for people that are good leaders and good followers. And and a lot of people, they just – especially now with all the self-help books, everything is about leadership, leadership, and you very rarely hear anything about followership. So if I, if I could ask you, you know, what does good leadership mean to you and what does good followership mean to you? Yeah. So my answer might not be sexy here, but for a leader to me, and and this evolves, I think it evolves for all of us as we grow older and you know, as we're young, we're just complaining all the time about the leadership above us because we really don't understand what they're what they're going through and the pressures. Um, but the best leadership I've seen to date are really, you know, leaders. You hear the quip, um, leaders lead from the front. I think leaders lead from the middle of the pack. They're motivating the dudes behind them. They're, uh, and I was just using this for an example, they are um, keeping tally on the guys in front of them, but they're leading to where they can make an impact over the whole group. So, that makes you think physical. But if you think about, um, you know, in the team rooms, we have we have our officers get to be ground force commanders. Um, and that's awesome. They get to tactically lead dudes now. Uh, and so if you go ask all the enlisted dudes under them, it's the guys who care. It's the guys who come in and give a crap. It's the guys who make sure no matter what, everybody has what they need for the day or for the, the next three months or for the next year. And they are ceaselessly... Um, trying to make sure, trying to shape the environment for their guys to be successful. If you see that, man, you know it. It's beautiful. And when you see guys who aren't that, uh, you know it instantly too. Um, mm-hmm. The beauty of our place is we get to select for that up front. Um, and that's a, that's a privilege. It's a privilege we don't take lightly. Followership, I love it. That's why I love selection because followership is hard. Everybody has to figure out that balance of, Man, is it my time to lead or do I need to just shut up and carry the jerry can today? Mm-hmm. Man, um, that is that is such a nuanced thing. That's I, I was going to say when we started talking about the whole leader leadership thing and how people have evolved, I've almost come full circle at this point where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm working on my followership every day. Like, That's hey, is this so is this my training event? Should I be instructing right now? Should I be, I don't know, maybe shutting my mouth and standing off to the back and letting these dudes do the hard work that they've done? Because there's us and there's them. When you're young, you're like, oh, I can't believe they did this. And they're always right. ruining my eyes. I, I got bad news for you. I'm a them now. <laughs> like peaches, right, is, peaches is a them now too. In your face, peaches. <laughs> you know, I so think, it's, I yeah. think you nailed it, Aaron. I think it, yeah. Followership is just, we look forward up there. And because again, it's that nuanced thing. At times you're going to be attached to people and you're absolutely in follower role. 
But there are times, especially when things get heated and chaos ensues, that you have to step up a little bit. And you're going to have to push against somebody who isn't used to being pushed against to make sure that you're not dropping bombs at the wrong time or on the wrong people or that uh, you have medical assets in place at the right spot. And some of those guys that you're that are leading um, don't like to hear that. Uh, and so it's again, it's that nuanced time of you should be the good follower all the time and then recognize when it's time to step up. And I'm, I guess I'm really speaking to the enlisted guys there, right? There are going to be natural times where you need to step up. And we see some guys not take that initiative, especially during selection. And that's a risk to us. we got to figure out, man, was that just a one-off or is that his, um, his standard operating procedures, if you will. Yeah, is, so, that, his, is that his baseline? Should yeah, I expect so that every time? That's a great or? word. Absolutely. That, is that his baseline? Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, so it's it's tough to figure out, and I know I'm just long-winded to answer on Peach's initial question, but man, those are two things that I that are evolving. My I have a master's degree in strategic leadership, and I still have problems deciding what I think good leadership is on a daily basis. But by God, you sure know when you see it, and it's usually mm-hmm. just a dude who cares so much that he's not going to go home until every everybody's taken care of under him. <laughs> well, so, so in that same vein as as leadership. I mean, the way that you guys have programmed stuff, yes, you do see people succeed in some of the situations that you guys put them, but I would say more so you see people fail. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I'm going to try and formulate this question, but is it better to see somebody lead and succeed or lead and fail, but fail fast, not, and they can recover, not, not a, hey, I'm dwelling on it. Yeah, that's good. So if you remember Xville Peaches, um, that's where we see a lot of it come out, right? Because we don't really direct people into leadership roles a lot. A lot of times we just expect to see. Like the officers know that they're supposed to at some point step up. Um, that's a it's a really good question. I think we don't expect to see leaders succeed because we try to set up failures along the way. What we expect to see is them take input. Right. So the worst leaders that come through are the guys who think they can solve it themselves when they have all these tools surrounding them, all these tools, like 20 other dudes who could help them solve this. <laughs> and they decide to make the decision on their own mm-hmm. and they just keep drive. They just keep cracking the whip. Those are the guys that worry us. The guys who we will accept failure from and still pick up are usually the guys who know how to use the tools around him. Might not have made the best decision because, you know, they're all depleted, man. We have them in a weakened state, but we see them trying to solve the problem. And if they, if they apply one solution and it doesn't work, they're going back to their team and trying to figure out another solution. Those are the guys you can work with. Those are the guys you can train. It's the guys who won't take input because they think they can solve it themselves. They scare me because uh, you just got to walk that out years down the road. And man, if we can't fix that, that, that turns into an ugly monster. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And, you know, if you tie that back down to guys coming through the basic courses, you see that. You see guys who are just – they don't take input from anybody. They, they're they they're alone on an island somewhere. Um, they're Every time that it's time for the team to solve the problem, they're either the ones shouting out the comments or if people aren't listening to them, they regress back into themselves. Those are the dudes that worry me, uh, not the dudes who are trying to seek feedback from everybody and figure out the problem. Those yeah. are the guys that you want. Yeah, and I think I think maybe some of those situations that you see where you see somebody who is um, not taking input, maybe, and, and I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but maybe it's just because they feel like they, like they know that they are being evaluated at that time, so they think that every decision they make, every command that comes out of their mouth, they're being evaluated on, and it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to take input. Yes. I mean, cause you're, you're going to be wrong. Yes. That is one. If the guys I feel like being wrong to- is where I excel. I think that's where I've made my happy place is being wrong. Um, it's, it's a good place. To start the guys who are about to start A and S are going through A and S man. Just peaches just gave you the key piece of advice, throw out ideas, quit worrying about being wrong. They need to see who you are. If you're hiding in the shadows, if you're the gray guy and we can't make a decision, we will not take risk on a gray guy. We will not because we don't know how you're going to be once once it is your turn. So don't be the gray guy. Put some stuff out there. Don't worry. Fail your way forward, man, because we all fail and they expect you to fail. What we want to see is can you improve after you fail? 
Absolutely. That's one of the things that I really loved about the weapon school is, okay, yeah, we'd go out and we'd fly missions and we'd do that kind of stuff. But it was always kind of sitting, sitting back BSing after a debrief or just an idea happened to pop into your head and you go, hey, I wonder if this tactic would work. Yeah. If you guys did this and we did this and then it's everybody just kind of spitballing it and it's like, well, hey, let's go try this out this afternoon. And we'd go out there and fly with the A-10s. That's problem solving. What you said right there. So if you're not involved in that conversation, we can't assess your problem solving. If you're involved in that conversation, we know you're trying. We can see at least there's some common sense coming out of you. Whether it would work or not, man, it doesn't really matter. Throw some ideas out there and get the team moving forward. That's what you're there for. (laughs) Like somebody, I I took... um, Actually, you know, you know, Jimmy, uh, I, I won't yep. say his last name, but yep, yep. he, uh, we were doing an airfield and he decided to throw a mountain bike on the 60 <laughs> and it was just kind of like, <laughs> I'd never thought about that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's- Did he use it on the runway? Absolutely. Yeah. What a, <laughs> a beautiful up. young man. Nice. I'm going to rustle his hair the next time I see him. You know, it's it was great. It was, it was yeah. fantastic. Like, Hey, that's, that's really smart. Cause it's a lot lighter than a motorcycle and, and we can what? only fit four of us on here. What do you call those stand-up things? They just got rid of and they just discontinued them. The stand-up things that you ride Segways. on. Segways. A yes. Segway. Yeah. So I was <laughs> oh my God, yes. back, in the, back in the early 2000s where we were going to use those on airfields, man. And you want to talk oh, about I wish. Oh, that would have been such a great picture. I can't Dude. believe it didn't. Uh, it should have been a thing. I couldn't even stand on the thing, man. I was like, I don't know. I'm parking lot and it's broad daylight. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't go that route. I'll be honest with you. But it was out of the box. <laughs> Nice. All right. So just one last question. This is just, you know, we ask everybody kind of like, uh, their one biggest piece of advice, whether it's like a quote or something you live by or something that, you know, gets you motivated. You know, we have the earnest breath. I say burn the boats. Um, so if you have like a quote or a piece of advice for those people that are going through, um, ANS and then, you know, in the future might see your, your face down there. Um, what piece of advice, if you want to like one, quick thing what would yeah, you him? i think um this career field will provide a life that none of us on here can explain um, it is beyond words and description uh, it is worth putting in the effort up front with your developers it is worth all the pain that you're going to go through in ans and at preschool and all these other places it is worth all of it um without this life i can't imagine where i would be had i not lived this life and it is like getting to be surrounded by guys like you my whole career. Um, I look back and like, man, how can you take this, package this in some words and give it to people who are about to come in so they don't, again, quitting is a mindset, it's not a decision. So how can they change that mindset up front to where they get to enjoy this? And by the way, save the nation as well. Um, and that's it, man. Just get motivated, freaking be driven and just get at it and freaking live this life, man. It is exceptional. Hey, before we get off here, too, I got to give y'all a shout out one more time. Y'all are freaking awesome. What y'all are doing here. I talk about y'all all the time at work because y'all are doing more for us than I'm doing for us recruiting. What y'all are doing. I don't know about guys. that, my friend. Look how yeah, good yeah. you look. After, know, right? after this thing comes out with the video that you just dropped the last 35 <laughs> seconds, forget about it. You're now the new fake. I'm going to put you on the $20 bill, guy. <laughs> Yeah. What you guys do for this, uh, and you do it for freaking free. Y'all ain't getting paid for this, man. You all have jobs. It's crazy. Like Brian just did that freaking long test. Are you kidding me? Y'all do this for the love of um, special warfare. And it's, I just want to give y'all a big shout out on here because y'all are doing my job better than I'm doing my job and take work out of it. Y'all are building a community that's going to save the nation. So man, from bottom of my heart and from us, man, we appreciate what y'all are doing here. Appreciate it, Trey. And you, you also have a podcast as well. You want to yeah, so give details on insight, that? Yeah, it's insight through experience. And all we're doing with a podcast really is it's, it's kind of a good recruiting method during COVID, right? But it's also we're doing support podcasts now so people can understand what the culture is like up at the 724 and at some point hopefully make the 724 a blip on their career path to come up and uh, maybe join the organization, help us solve some of the nation's hardest tactical problems. Because we're solving things that we can't talk about um, that only us, only we are oriented towards these problem sets and we need smart people to come up and help us some solve some of these problems, man. 
Exactly. I think, um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and spreading your knowledge. Like you said, you're the expert on selection overall. You've been living it for a really long time, lots of leadership courses and always focused on making the career field better, just like we are doing our best. And I appreciate you uh, shouting out and listening to our episodes. Um, you know, a lot of the things that you talked about here, um, are, super important. And I think we kind of echoed some of the stuff that we are we go over in a lot of the different podcasts and it's great to just hear it from a person that's doing it and know that we're going down the right path. Um, like I said, you guys that are listening right now, make sure you go and listen to that podcast. Lots of great knowledge from him and um, his guests on there. And again, a lot of the important things that you need to prep for in selection like Trey said, you're going out there to fight for America and solve the problems that no one else can. And you need to start that and practice now. It's not, you know, you pass the pass test and you've reached that milestone. You can stop and let off the gas. It's a constant on the gas, going uphill, always making gains every single day, trying to make yourself better, whatever it is. We know the standards. And like Trey said, we're putting them out there and we're trying to make you guys visible on your wall, write it wherever you want, you know, today or this week, this month, this is what objective I'm going to attain. And I'm going to get that, reach that. And once I'm done with that, I'm going to keep on going, you know, five meter targets, like we were talking about. Don't go ahead of yourself saying, you know, I'm going to be in the 24th. That's the only thing I'm going to do because you're going to trip over the thing that's right in front of you, which is selection. So don't trip on that thing. Focus on what is in front of you. Yeah, maybe in the back of your mind, you're like, you know, eventually I got to set this stone in place so I can get to that, you know, next foothold or whatever to get to that place. Um, but keep in mind what's right in front of you. And, uh, you know, a ton of awesome quotes. I don't even know what soundbite we're going to use right now. It's going to be really tough when we're going through it. I know. Uh, <laughs> I was trying I'm, to I'm going to make this a six-part episode. They're all going to be like 12 minutes long, and it's just going to be my favorite parts, and then we'll just put it out that way. I just want to put off what Brian just said, man. He just gave these secrets to everybody out there. So listen to what he just said, man. That is the key to coming in prepared for what you're going to go through. Yeah, and as always, you know, go hit up Trey, and if you have any questions for us, at any point in time, you can always hit us up at the ones ready on Instagram. Also info at ones Check out the website. Um, you know, if you guys have anything for us that you want to hear in order to help you prep for selection or make you a better person, like I said, we're invested in this group and this career field and you guys to make sure that you're as ready as possible to go and fight those future wars that we're not going to be around because eventually, you know, they're going to kick us out of the military and they're not going to let us do the things that we want to do. <laughs> yeah. So and, uh, for, du for dudes that are already in, uh, Trey, isn't the, in the Instagram, isn't it? 724-STG-RAS. Yeah. Is that the underscore okay. RAS? Yep. Underscore. Yeah. So uh, it's 724-STG-RAS. Underscore Perfect. There you go. So Thanks, for, for you bubbas that are in and you want to go check out selection and, and you want to kind of make that next step in your career, um, if you're ready for that next challenge, go check that out. So 724 underscore STG underscore RAS on Instagram. Thanks, Aaron. Yep. Appreciate that. Hit him up. And again, if you have anything, let us know. Appreciate you again, uh, Trey, coming on the show. And you guys go out there, earn each breath. We'll see you next time. Trey Nard. Later. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>